this G Fresh story. Yeah. So you're on Alfie, there's a song called Take Me Back. Yeah. So what we're going to do through the interviews is that we're going to take people back. Okay. To so actually who Gordon is. Okay. Yeah. You were raised initially, was it in Clapham? Yeah, yeah, on Pointers Estate initially. And then um, I moved to New Park Road, like Clapham, Brixton Hill, straight up intersection, like, yeah, kind of Brixton Hill kind of way. And um, on Clapham Park Estate. And then um, moved to Fortinith when I was maybe 14, 13, something like that. And then um, now I live in the sticks, so far away. But in Ponders, I remember, oh, I think it was at Ponders, one of the states said that everything seemed small, like everything seemed like a circle, like you yeah. to get out of it. Like, explain to us that. I mean, I mean, to be honest with you, I liked the concept of Ponders Garden because it was, it was a circle. So it felt like it felt very communal and a, a big community. Like we used to play out. It was like a fun estate to live on. Everybody knew each other. Like you'd all grown up together. So I, I enjoyed living there. Do you see what I'm saying? And then, but then, like as I say, talking about estates and stuff. I think Tiny said it best when he said, um, "High rises can block your horizon." And I can't remember what song he said on. But I mean, for me, that was like. That's what it feels like sometimes growing up on an estate. Like I used to hang around on an estate called Kingswood in like Gypsy Hill when I was a bit older and they had like everything on the estate. So it was like there was no need to leave. So you had a laundrette, all the food shops, corner shop, everything there, bookies. Like there was literally no need for anyone to leave and it just felt a bit like creating like self-contained ghettos so you don't see the outside world. And I think seeing the outside world is the only thing that allows you to know it exists and that there's things out there that you can do other than what you're like seemingly designed for let's say and that's why which is it's just a really odd song for me to like but you know um, the Nico and, Vic, and Vin song um, Am I Wrong and like I mean the melody and the whole song is it's a really good song it's a great pop song but I mean like lyrically what they're saying in the song is really important like they said Am I Wrong for thinking that we could be something like better than we are, do you see what I'm saying? So I think, yeah, like, an estate sometimes can block those thoughts or give you the inspiration to know that there there is better. Because on the edge of my estate were massive houses and I always knew that like, that's where it was at. So I was always trying to get out. So the estate, <coughs> you, were, you, were the, was only, you were the only boy in the family. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're the eldest in the family? Yeah, I mean, I have a brother on my dad's side in Nigeria and two sisters, but, yeah, I'm the oldest here. I'm the oldest anyway, but I'm, I'm definitely the oldest here and I had three sisters growing up. Yeah, I mean, this may be a bit random, but you never really talk much about your dad in even any of your lyrics. Is there a particular reason for that? Um, not, not really, you know, like, not even... Um, we're cool, do, do you see what I'm saying? Like, I think it's one of those things where, um, like, Obviously, we didn't grow up together, but as men, we're men about the situation, you see what I'm saying? And there's no, um, that's my dad at the end of the day. Like, it's, it's that, that's just as simple as that, you see what I'm saying? Like, um, it's just that, yeah, he he was in Nigeria and I was here, and then that's about it, you see what I'm saying? You yeah. can't really, you can't really see each other every weekend when that, there's that much distance between the two. I mean, the reason I bring it up is because, like, you're always with your daughter. Yeah. You know, she's actually here now. People can't see her, but she's here now. But, yeah. you know, we, I mean, obviously, a lot of times fathers don't 
spent time with their daughters. I mean, mm-hmm. there's obviously has to be a conscious effort where you are visibly here, you're taken out to the parks, you're showing her different parts of life. Um, explain to me about also your relationship with London. I think, yeah, maybe, maybe because I, I wasn't with my dad that much. I think maybe, maybe I even like try and overcompensate. Maybe, um, I mean, one of the things, for example, which is really weird, is that I, I didn't want a boy when like, I found out my, the mother of my child was pregnant. I didn't want a boy like, because, to be honest with you, I didn't really know what to do with one. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, it was, I wouldn't know what, like, raising, being raised by my mum. I had a stepdad as well, I had a stepdad, sorry. And sisters and that, it's easier for me to relate to women. So I think with me, it's like the whole concept of like everyone else, oh man, I get my son. That was never really my vision, do you see what I'm saying? I, I just wouldn't know what to really do, do you see what I'm saying? So maybe in that way, stuff like my dad maybe kind of might have skewed my perspective a little bit. But yeah, I think it's important for me to to be there as much as I can. And and that doesn't still, like, I'm still not, like, the greatest dad in the world. I would still love to spend way more time with her. It's just that in the world we live in, we've got money to make and things to do, and vices even, do you see what I'm saying? Even stupid things, like, even when you're, hey, when you spend time with a random female, you know that that's time. Away from the door. Yeah, even though it's in the evening, so she can sleep. <laughs> but <laughs> and, I, and I'll tell you what's interesting, because when we went to the estate, yeah, um, it was, it was, I think it was last year we went to the estate and we went actually to your door mm-hmm. and I remember I was, we were looking over the portion of where you grew up Yeah, and you know I remember I think you were like, alluding to the fact that you know like you said before you always knew you wanted more Yeah, and a lot of people don't get they see the flashy side now but they don't get from that environment bored the desire to actually want more for oneself Yeah, can you take us a bit through that um it's like that. I, I, I think it's my mum, you know. Like, I tell people honestly, my mum's probably the most incredible. Yeah, she's the incre- most incredible woman I've come across. You know, I'm saying her tenacity and drive and everything that makes her up. I think just instilled in us that we had so much more to achieve and do than anybody else around us. And I think. I've just maintained that mentality. My mum still works even harder than me. Like, I can't even lie. Like, so, she, it was her. And I think she always knew this isn't where she was ending up. Like, at the end of the day, she came from Nigeria and she made it in the UK as a single parent for a long time with, with three kids for most of the time and then four eventually. And... Um, <coughs> Yeah, it, it, it was just her drive. I mean, as a child, I used to see her doing course after course, studying from home while working and all the rest of it. And it's like, I didn't, I, there were some points when I didn't even get to see her much because we did it. She, she had to work, so we just lived with a nanny, do you see what I'm saying, most of the time. And then, like, when she's working and you're working literally to end up paying a nanny. So just knowing all of these things, yeah, it was like, that's, that's, come on, man. Like, if she can do it and if she, and you have to be honest, like this is really and truly you're talking about an immigrant. That's 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 the be on end all. Like this is first generation. I don't have there's no one before her here. She came here and made it on her own. So boy, I that's the best example I could have. And with that, obviously you got into we know a prestigious school, which I didn't get into, I felt that 
But you, you got there. Um, um, that wouldn't have been easy. What actually made you or your mum decide to actually try and put you forward for like Dalish College? Because like saying you're an immigrant, your mum would have been an immigrant. Sometimes they don't even know what is the best school. So what was the whole purpose of actually trying to push you towards Dalish College? I, I think my mum just knew what she was doing. I think I can just... I liked her maybe to Serena and Venus Williams' dad. Like, he just knew. Like, she just raised... That's just what she does. Like, she's here to raise winners. You see what I'm saying? My sister's a lawyer. My other sister studied maths and finance. My other sister studied town planning. Like, it's like, that's just what she does. So, in that sense, she pushed me. I, and I pushed myself. I would see her work until God knows what hours in the morning. So, for me to get to stay up at night... I used to basically have to do work. Like it wasn't, I'll oh, stay up and watch TV. If you want to stay up and feel like a grown up, then do your work. Do you see what I'm saying? And as I said, I would steal books from school. I'd be doing extra homework all the time. And she was, she was a disciplinarian, and she, she was yeah. She, education was everything in our house. Education was everything. That's what you cry about when she puts you in front of the living room, in front of everyone, and asks you to spell or read and then you start stirring and looking crazy, you don't want that feeling again. So just the, when you feel that pain of feeling like an idiot, you know, you'll never let that happen again. And that was kind of what she was, she was, yeah, man, she, she was, she was yeah, an educator, but not as simple as that. She was a proper Nigerian mum, what can I say? And then that, that led me to then um, basically exceed the maximum marks I could get in my sets. And I think it, like, I think you could go up to like level five or something, and I got like level six, and then I did like level seven exams or something. So basically, and another teacher of mine, a really important teacher, and I'm friends with her daughter till today. She's a blogger, like a really her name's Christina Barkway. So her mum taught me in one of my earlier years, and you know, like I was in a mad school, like I went to Bonneville in um, Clapham off Abbeville Road. So like. Everyone there was mad. I remember, like, we were... We must have been year three or four, and we, like, made a gang. Like, we knew about the 28s. We looked up to the 28s and stuff like that. We knew all their names. So we started our own little gang in school. I remember, like, crazy stuff, like, everyone bringing a knife into school and stupid things like that. Like, this is in primary school. And Miss Barkway basically kind of saved me from hanging around with the wrong crowd, let's say, and just and highlighting the fact to the teachers, other teachers to understand that they were, I had great potential and not to basically just see me as another black wayward kid in the school and that's how like in a, in a maddest way that's how a lot of the teachers saw us at that time so it was her her and my mum became friends obviously they were both Nigerian and they just worked together and all the rest of it to get me where I needed to be and then so I did the entrance exams ended up with a scholarship then the rest is history like going to those schools there was the biggest eye opener that's when I saw money for the first time in my life was that money in terms of seeing what people are driving into school with and realising that you may be getting a bus or just no bro listen I lived on an estate bro going to Dulwich College you're talking that big space in the back of my off the back of the block that big communal I'm telling people yeah yeah my garden I was playing in the garden like they didn't even know where I lived do you see what I'm saying? Like the concept of even bringing someone to my house for like Sleep on the weekend or nothing was non-existent. It couldn't happen. Do you see what I'm saying? I'm going to their houses and we're playing football in man's bedroom. Like this was different level 
levels completely everywhere and that's what made me realize like wow out here there's a lot to grab do you see what i'm saying but then when, when you go from one extreme to the other when you get <coughs> home how did you feel once you get into your house was it like okay i need to get out or i need to do something and start devising a plan how actually i'm going to have what my peers have already got established for themselves um, it, it wasn't as as contrived as that it was just more like this is there's a path to walk there's an easy path there's a few of them and there's some real shit ones avoid the shit ones as much as possible and it didn't make me any less proud of where I lived or anything of the sort you see what I'm saying it was just more a case of okay we need to do even better than that I mean eventually my mum we moved out of there and then we lived in a house in Fulton Heath obviously not like the greatest area in the world but it was still better than New Park Road on the top floor do you see what I'm saying but then people would have obviously seen from your uniform yeah. that you're different from what have been maybe the local uniforms around. I mean, yeah. did you then feel already knowing that once you moved to this new situation that within that setting, people now look at you as the odd one out sometimes? I was the odd one out. I was always the odd one out. There was only like five of me, Elisha, maybe five, six black boys in a whole year. So we were the odd ones out. I did a nice to play rugby. I'm playing it like American football because that's what I've seen on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, never been on a running track before. Can't swim because we ain't had no swimming pools. Um, did you play cricket? I was just rubbish. I was born to be rubbish at cricket. <laughs> 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 I was rubbish. That ball was way too hard and way too dangerous. Like this, all of that stuff. Hockey. Never heard of these sports before. Do you see what I'm saying? Like this was brand new this was crazy so I was definitely always the old one out never done French before everyone's been doing French for God knows how long yeah Latin I've never heard of this language and then you're telling me this is what we're learning I'm like who speaks this and they told you that no one speaks it and you're like well what's the point so you're already exhibiting critical thinking at that age oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, definitely I mean you had to to be even in that environment in the first place in that environment um, I think there was a point where you had to show people that you weren't going to be bullied. Yeah. You know, I mean, what brought that about and why did you feel so willing to defend yourself? Because in certain situations, people would cave in and just bow down to yeah. the bully. I mean, it's simply because, I mean, obviously coming from a normal primary school, we were always kind of taught really, not taught, but violence was our method of communication in times of... of of need when it got like that that's what we did we had fights do you see what I'm saying so it it was more natural to solve a situation like that so when I first went to school that was how I dealt with things and then me dealing with things like that instead of actually giving me respect in in this new school it actually put me at the bottom of the pile like people just didn't like it they were like nah like I remember punching someone in the face and the whole class stopped talking to me like I was thinking, what is wrong with these kids, man? Like, and then, then, then I realized basically violence wasn't really the answer. But then, when like the older guys were trying to do the whole public schoolboy bully hierarchy stuff, I wasn't really on all of that. So, when I'm defending people in our year, that's when they liked, they they were cool with me 
doing the violence, <laughs> the violence thing. But over time, you just realise that it, it's just not the answer at all. Right. Yeah. So obviously, from there, you would have done well. You did well, obviously, in your exams. Yeah. Um, and I think the period of when someone goes to college, I mean, you, so you would say for sixth form? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. University? Yeah. This is the t- time when you're now out of that system and you're going into self-teaching, self-learning. Yeah. Um, how, was you, how was the university experience for you? It was crazy because um, obviously we were, it was really strict at school. And then now no one can't tell you anything. Um, so I'm at 18, driving, I'm like, I'm the man in my ends for whatever reason, do you understand what I'm saying? And there's, you, you discover girls properly, like a lot changed, do you see what I'm saying? I kind of felt like I just went a bit left in the sense of where my head was at in terms of studying. I wasn't, I definitely know I wasn't as interested anymore and I definitely did the bare minimum at uni in terms of attendance and and I was because I was smart it was kind of like well just where's the notes just give me the notes when's the exam let's do this and and I wish I did it properly I didn't really enjoy and experience it properly I dropped my little sister to uni the other day and I saw she was on campus I didn't stay on campus and things like that and I looked at her I was like oh man I wish I could go to uni again and do it like this you see what I'm saying so yeah and I think the ironic thing is that, you know, when it came to graduation, that we... Yeah, I didn't even go, man. I didn't even bother. Like, I was like, right, where's the piece of paper? I got it, pulled, put it down. I don't need the picture with the dress on. Like, that but, was my mentality at the time. But more so because you knew that, although for most people that would have been a great mark to get, mm. you knew that somewhere down the line, because you were, you had different interests at that time, yeah. that if I haven't reached my potential in this situation, there's no point in me picking it up. I mean... Most people wouldn't think like that. They'll think like, you know, a grade that was quite yeah. high was good. Yeah, because I think a lot of them, it was the whole... <sighs> Education is literally, honestly, the best thing in, for you and all the rest of it. It definitely is. But the conveyor belt part of it isn't good, you know, like the whole, okay, so you do this in your second year, you're going to try and get a placement, and then you try and do this, and then, and then you just get a job, and then you just kind of live your life, and then you just plod along, do you know what I'm saying? Don't get me wrong. They're not plodding along. 100, 200 grand a year, whatever, like, they're not plodding along. But for me, that would feel like plodding along. Do you see what I'm saying? In, especially for what I want to do in the long run with my life. Do you see what I'm saying? And I need, I just, I just wanted more, man, like, and I was willing to take the risk, let's say, of not just jumping on the conveyor belt. So going back, I mean, there was a portion of probably, like, Mr. Powell, Mr. Powell, when you you said like you know when you were around eighteen, you're the man on the ends. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously at that period of being you know like fifteen to eighteen, um, what was your life like at that point? Um, fifteen to eighteen, I probably that's when we discovered like well, me and my friend Joe, like he he was because I wasn't from Fort Heath, so I didn't know anybody around there and all the rest of it. And he'd always lived there, and he happened to go to my school. So he lived, like, a further up the road. And then so he kind of introduced me to a lot of people in the area. And so then it became, I'd come home, do my homework, and then go out and play football or whatever with people from around there. So I became, I started to know people and all the rest of it. And then, obviously, people would try it with you because you're new, you're not from there. Like So 
I'd always be in some drama, and then like and you don't have no brothers to back you up. Exactly. So it's just me. Like it was crazy. Like and in overcoming certain things and getting through certain things, and then um, finding like avenues like to to raise capital. Let's say like yeah, you just became a name, I suppose. Yeah. And obviously people look at, um, most people watching this now know you for the musical portion, um, which would make sense. But when you first started, or when you first started across music, initially, what was people's reactions? When I mean reactions, I mean friends and people in the industry who you would have had to try and connect with. Were they receptive to the music, or did they feel like, nah, this ain't really for us? At that time, nobody listened to UK rap. Anyway, I think people listen to Graham and I, I, me personally, I was a, like I listened to So Solid and all of that, you see what I'm saying? And then for some reason I just didn't listen to music anymore. I just, um, I just cared more about getting money to be honest. I didn't really care about, I didn't know anything about the scene to be honest. And then when I was like 21 odd, so at 17, I'd listen to music in my car. Before that, I didn't have like a stereo in my house and all of that. Just that, so 17, I started listening to music, but it was more just American rap. Didn't really know much about the UK scene and all like people who are like great MCs and legends now, like even from, and, and I'm in South as well. These men are in East. So from even the Wileys to D-Doubles, all of this stuff, I didn't know what was going on. Then I remember like hearing, is it one Sun City? Thing, and I think it was like Slimzy and Wiley and Dizzy and that. So that's like the first time I'd heard like crime and that. But I didn't know much about anything else. So I just didn't, I wasn't really that interested in anything. So when I then started and I'm saying, okay, I'll rap. These times here, the only UK rappers, I don't even know, even them, I didn't, it was like all left. It was all like Skinny Man Chest and talk for Task Force and all this stuff. That was UK rap. And I didn't really resonate with that too much. Obviously, Skinny Man kind of more so than others, but I didn't resonate with the rest too much. And then um, what I was doing was all the way show off. No one was ready for that. And plus, I was just kind of shit at the time anyway. Like, I just wasn't that good. I literally just started. So it was hard to get people to listen, care, or anything else. And even your own friends, like even my own friends now, like I, I wrote uh, <coughs> behind bars the other day and I said, um, I'm giving them art, but they don't get the picture. Even my niggas still rating other niggas and even my bitches ain't saying I'm the illest because even your people around you, until they see, until they see you on Jonathan Ross, you're still just, do you see what I'm saying? They're not going to take it seriously. So until you get that number one, you're still just trying, do you see what I'm saying? So I think, and especially like my friends are older, they even they're not really caring about what's going on down here, do you see what I'm saying? So it's always been a bit, it felt like it's just me on my own. And then, and then coming to the scene, not knowing one person, not knowing one DJ, I knew like one DJ in my end who used to DJ like in Croydon or something and play Garage. So I didn't know one rap DJ, didn't know anything at all. And then to then, so I literally, I felt, I started as zero, zero. I only got to know people in the scene because of um, shooting music videos and stuff. 
through a fresh production? Yeah. Didn't know anyone, couldn't go, I wouldn't even try and get a feature those times there, there was no point. And they were also, as, as I came into the scene, I discovered that all these people were like really big artists. I wasn't aware from Wretches to Gets to Bashies to all of these people. I didn't watch those kind of DVDs. I, I used to watch more the rap ones like in South, like um, Streets Incarcerated. Right. So we were very aware of the PDCs and the SMSs and, and the Roadside Gs, things like that, like South things. But I, I wasn't really aware of how big some of those other acts were in North and East London, etc., etc. So it's like, I just learned as I went along, to be honest. I mean, with that, then, when, you, when you've already come from a situation where I'm, I'm sure by the time that you start to make music, you're accumulating wealth or you're yeah. making money, what would make you think that music would have been a viable option at the time? Because there wouldn't have been anyone who would have been in the scene that would have been making or being seen significant cash at that time. I don't, I don't even know, man. Like, if I could go back and tell, speak to myself at that time and tell myself, my brother, like, you weren't getting on the longest road you've ever been on in your life, and 90% of the time you're wasting it. Do you see what I'm saying? I would have told myself that. But when you're 21 years old or whatever I was, was that 20 odd years old? You can't, you think of it differently. And as much as I think, that's why I think myself raw. <coughs> Even when you think to yourself now, you know everything, you just know that you don't, because like, you're going to look back on yourself in 10, 5, 10 years' time and think, raw, you're an idiot. And not to say that I'm like an idiot. Then. But I think, I think, and I think what, when I say that is that, and every, I think everyone who's met you, bar none, mm. has the same consensus about G Fresh. They all say, you shot <clears throat> like you are you are, you are, you are uh, astound people yeah and then the rap scene is a scene that moves at a certain pace mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily cater to how intelligent you are how savvy you are because it's a consumer led market and the consumers for the most part are fickle by external factors that dictate to them and kind of stupid still right so well, no, 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 not my fans, but a lot of people are stupid. I remember the first time I saw, the fir first time I t paid attention was the Afar video. Yeah. And I remember it gave me the feeling of, I'm so solid used to make videos. The mm -hmm. visual, still still now, mm -hmm. that visual is crazy, you yeah. know, the effects. Yeah. Um, when you shoot a video of that quality, do you think, right, this is it? The video's quality, the song's gonna look tiny on it. This is gonna be my launch pilot, and I'm just gonna be clear gone. No. You didn't feel like that? No, because no one was at that time. Because no one was going. There was nothing like, I think the closest thing was Tinchy maybe bubbling. But there was no one that made millions, yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? So a lot of the time at that point, there was a lot of just fun element in it. And just wanted to push yourself or have the best video that everyone was talking about. It was never, at that point, even trying to make a return. Like, you're paying Channel U to get it on there. I don't even know where we were going to get the money from. There weren't any shows. There weren't um, any, um, not much radio play. Like, you get the odd play. But I don't even think I had a PRS account at that time. So there was no way of getting the money back. We were just doing it to do it. Maybe sell a few T-shirts. 
but it was definitely more of a fun element and just pushing the culture and building the scene and to be honest with you it became most evident at the MOBOs the other day how how important everybody's role is and was in building the scene and I used to say like I've had conversations with my manager where I say he'll be like yeah but maybe maybe it might not be maybe your role is to lay the foundation so that everything else can flourish and then you're like nah man fuck that I don't know. why would I want to kick down the door for the then everybody to run over me on my body laying flat down after I've smashed I wouldn't want to be that guy none of us do want to be that guy and then at the mobiles you go seeing like Stormzy win a mobile you go nah you know what maybe being that guy or the guys that made this okay and made this possible is a good thing this is cool. Do you see what I'm saying? This is cool that all of that hard work allows people to come and perform like from the Crypt and Conan, the Meridian Nerds, to whoever, all the hard work that everybody's putting, I'm not talking about me specifically or even like I had a major role in it, but those moments of taking the videos to that level and showing what we were capable of maybe did like have a tiny impact. No, I mean, I think... You know, and I told you when I spoke to Fuse the other day, he would tell me how he will gain a lot of insight and knowledge from you. You mm -hmm. know, I think a lot of people, if you didn't have the ability that you had, you would just be the big homie who can't rap. Yeah. This is a smart one. Like, if you need him. But then I think also your actual capability as a rapper, your, your wordplay, your metaphors, is still at the very top, it's at the top level. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and no one does G Fresh better than G Fresh. Thank you. You know, um, when you do hit, like, you know, maybe wouldn't be you. Does it get to the point where it's like, you know, like in business, you have things called sub costs. So mm -hmm. you pay so much that you can't get out. Mm -hmm. But then also in business, you look at exit strategies. Mm -hmm. um, how do you see it now for yourself? Because you've invested so much. Everyone knows GFresh. By the same token, things may not move at the pace that you want. Mm. Do you ever have that these thoughts like you know, am I going to stay in this and how long and will I stay in this? Oh yeah, yeah. As I said, I'm falling out. Like every day, you think fuck this shit. Like, and then, um, as you said, the sun costs us so much that that becomes your reason at one point. Then it's like the money doesn't matter. Let's just get out and fuck this off. And then you go and make the best project that you made to date being Alfie for me and then you're like oh shit I'm closer than I've ever been but still how far away am I like so there's a song that hasn't come out yet which I recorded actually a while ago but one of the things I said so so far yet so close so I've come so close yet so far so basically I can't remember but yeah basically I just mentioned the fact that I've come so close but I'm still so far away from it all because I can sit there going oh wow Alfie's taken me 10 steps forward I'm closer to the goal and then I'll be sitting next to Tiny thinking Tiny's only Tiny five years in from pass out do I even have that five years to come from pass out I'm still not even at pass out do you understand what I'm saying so there's a million thoughts that go through your head and then you have everyone telling you no you can't quit and then what's, what's really horrible is that um a hundred people could tell you like to quit and as long as one person <laughs> says no you can do it 
you'll you'll carry on. You see what I'm saying? That's the fucked up thing about it. But like, I, I think it just become a case of time will tell. I think time is the biggest overarching factor in in our lives. You see what I'm saying? And it's something that you become more and more aware of as you get older because the six weeks holiday used to feel like a long ass time until you have a daughter and you've only seen her X amount of times within that six weeks and you go, wow, that went quickly, do you know what I'm saying? And every day is just, you wake up, you're going to sleep before you know it, do you know what I'm saying? So, time will tell. And I guess also with that, you, when you see your child growing 100%. up, then you realise you're also getting older. This is it. And I was even on YouTube I was with my director friend and I was shining videos we shot for other people and how they're still better than people's videos today like we went through like a, a rough squad video we did I can't remember what it's called but we had them like on this mad green screen like James Bond star playing videos that I did years ago and when you're looking at the dates on the videos and you're on YouTube and the videos aren't even in widescreen because you shot them that long ago and they're still in 4-3 that's when it becomes a bit scary, you see what I'm saying? I'm like, wow, I've been really trying for a long time. And some at one point, maybe you might have to knock it on the head or think about doing something else or whatever the case may be. And as I say, I felt that more so before Alfie. And, um, and, and less so now, but still, it, it comes in time to time. So, so with that being said, though, you know, how can I put it? As, as time goes on, like you've been, you have been instrumental in a lot of people's careers um, in terms of guidance. But for yourself now, you know, you talked about the time and how much longer can you do it. What do you see as the stumbling blocks? Because I, I think we can't deny the talent. Mm. We can't deny the music. Like Alfie is also, I, I concur with it being. Mm your most human body of work that is relatable to the masses. Mm -hmm. um, but I'll give a bit of my perception. I feel that the infrastructure around, and I don't mean management, I just mean the infrastructure around to push a propriety fresh seems to be somewhat fragmented. There seems to be a lot of charlatans. You know, you have mm -hmm. a good track, this person doesn't have to do with it. It seems like along the way, you're the smartest person in the room everywhere you go. I mean, it feels like that sometimes, and then sometimes, and as you say, like, a lot of people speak to me and get advice off me, but you know, like, the single friend always has the best relationship advice, do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> it's just, it's just the way it goes. I, I might be smart for everyone else, you know, the ones there, but looking in the mirror, you just can't tell yourself what the right thing to do is, because there's so much more emotional connection, attachment, all of those things that skews your judgment that maybe I might be wrong and you know what maybe it's just that I haven't made that song do you see what I'm saying the the magical thing maybe I can't make that song maybe being the smartest person in the room or feeling like you're always wanting to be or put so much into one song and not dumb it down and all those things maybe that's what stops me I mean, I maybe that doesn't allow me to relate to the masses because the masses don't get what the fuck I'm talking about Maybe the masses don't think to that level when analysing themselves or life or when they're listening to the song and I say turn squares into checks like Tartan or whatever the case may be. It just means nothing to them. 
they but, just, all they say is why is he talking about Tartan right but at the same time I think I mean I've heard some of the material that you know which hopefully you'll release in the future and from what I heard I felt that there was definitely tracks on there that can catch fire it sounded like it but it feels like that but you know what a hit is different it's different trust me like I can question why I'm maybe not bigger within the scene and and, I, and maybe I should be and there's a whole load of reasons for that that I can pinpoint and cite for that on a bigger scale and there's there, it's more complicated hits are you hear the radio it's different music do you see what I'm saying and I haven't I haven't even made an attempt to actually make a commercial crossover I've never tried do you see what I'm saying all I've ever tried to do is just make whatever I want to do I've never had the pressure to make that. Do you see what I'm saying? I've never felt like I can't pay my rent next month and I need to go to the studio and write the song of my life. I've always just wanted to make something good and artistic and thought-provoking and even if it influences other people, which a lot of the stuff I do does. And then there's a part of me that I'm a big man, like writing for a 14-year-old. It's just not going to happen. Like, yeah. I'm not... We don't we don't think the same, do you see what I'm saying? So if you fuck with it, you fuck with it. If you don't, that's not my business. I can't then try and like be you, do you understand what I'm saying? There's no point in me dressing like you or flinging on a I don't know, a tracksuit and calling everyone blood and cuz to to try and relate to you. It's not, do you see what I'm saying? I'm gonna make the music I make when you say that that guy's the best because you're fourteen, I respect it. But when you get to 18, 19, 20, or whatever the case may be, and then you listen to G Fresh, something that I made when you were 14, you'll understand that there was a big difference. Well, I guess that's the whole thing of music marketing time. Exactly. People, people tweet me saying, I never understood G Fresh. I never understood it. Now, they're my biggest fan. Mm. I think that's where Alfie is, and Alfie's almost the whole thing of, it's like, it's for your peers. Yeah. I remember that Lego Man, I got what Lego Man was. I, I can hear it. Yeah. But I felt like Alfie was like, "All right, cool." And we, you know, when we speak on the phone, it's like we we can have conversations. I called you about, about a couple of months ago, and mm. we're just talking about relationships. And I quoted something that you said. Yeah. And how it was like almost, you know, we're just having that, you know, yeah. talk. I may not necessarily got that from Lego Man yeah. as as a conversational piece as where I am in my life. Um, and basically moving on to the quote-unquote being the quote-unquote big man, so to speak, and rent and finances and things of that nature. Let's try and, if we can, move to that portion of things. Music, for you, must be costly. 100%. It's costly for everyone. Whether or not you're spending your own money, you're spending your own money, believe that. Not how costly is it, but if you hadn't made a certain amount of... If you haven't put certain things in place, like having your own property, paying for this thing, that like, right... Could you be doing it at the level that you're doing it now? Probably not. Which isn't a bad thing. It could maybe force me to be more, even more creative. It could force me out of the game. Could maybe force my hand to make a decision. It could do a whole bunch of stuff. This is where we're at. Maybe it's a gift and a curse. Do you understand what I'm saying? Some people have seen how self-sufficient I am, seen it as a threat, or seen it as a. Wait, who, who would see it as a threat? Would it be? Um, what entities will see that as a threat? Sometimes it's fellow artists. Then you've got um, the powers that be sometimes because they can see that you can do it yourself and you've done it yourself. 
they because they can't judge the talent too many times most of the time the guys that can do it themselves are less talented so then they feel that they need to be more favorable to people who are deemed less fortunate mm-hmm. who they, they can't tell who's more talented they just say okay well he deserves the chance more he's already all right well, i guess they would only like to back winners Pardon? Here we don't really like to back winners. I say 100%. Yeah. 100%. And, but maybe that's that's not all the time. That's not all the time. Some people can really see, oh, I like this song. They don't care that you did everything regarding it. They don't care that you, you don't need, you're not in debt to somebody or need investors. They will still play it. While other people would rather play that little kid because they go, oh, it's raw, it's real, it's from the. It's like, oh, cool. It's the, it's the narrative, isn't it? To see yeah. that we, we're, we're co oping. Yeah. They have not. So it's like now, if you wanted to quote unquote get um, uh, the certain social enterprises where you have to be on job seekers, you have to be under 30, you, know, you have to be at the bottom. Exactly. But you won't support the entrepreneur who's already made investment to 100%. I feel like sometimes, like that baby mum that got a job and then somebody took away all the, <laughs> <laughs> the benefits because that's how the fans see it as well. The fans are like, oh, he's made, he's all right. Yeah, I'll say this you don't you. even need to help him. You know, he don't need it. He doesn't need our support. Do you know what was? Uh, I'll tell you this. There was there was a conversation. I'll tell you. There was a conversation, yeah. and someone said to me, "You see, with G Fresh, he has too much money. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, he he can. That's the problem. Like, he 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 can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Like, and I remember when I was saying this to me, I was like, I mean, I'll salute that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But they saw it almost like. He's got more than we've got, and we're standing outside of the table as him, and he's actually probably more educated than us. He probably knows his brand better than us. But he's got, and it just came out to like the money, and I was like, well, what do you think with the music? They're like, yeah, the music's good, but he just has so much money that he, he can make whatever, like you said, whatever choice yeah. he needs to make. And it can just be about just throwing yeah. stacks at it. Yeah. Um, at some point, that's gonna to have to change. At some point, yeah. you know, like you're saying, that like maybe you're gonna to get to be more creative. Or you, or you no, I mean, my thing is, I have to dispel the myth, and it's not a myth in the sense that, as a, like, you have to understand, I'm not God. I'm not the richest man in the world by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just doing okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm just that's it. Just doing okay, and like, obviously, we rap. We rap is an exaggerated expression of oneself and don't get me wrong it's not like I'm not going to lie to anybody and say I'm, I don't know where my next meal's coming from <laughs> but I'm just going to I'm just going to say that on Alfie I had to give it to them for real like this isn't easy like if you think that being me is even easy then you come and do it like do you understand what I'm saying come and do it and then you'll know what time it is how difficult is it because like like you're saying it's not easy being you and I know personally how much time you put into actually researching yeah. trends, mark things that can actually make yourself better as a brand. Yeah. Um, but personally, though, man, how how much does it take out of you? Because you know you may be up to like three a.m. trying to figure out a problem that was someone else's job to figure out. Did yeah. you wake up and you got to think? I mean, how do you, actually how do you balance it? Because balance. I don't. Thing. That's the thing, and that's the thing. That's what I strive for in life is to find balance. But I don't have it now, and that's that's what I even care about. When people say about money and this. I don't even care. I just want to be. I want. I need to find balance, and that's the whole trick of everything. 
everything, nothing in excess, and all the rest of it. And my daughter, like when we were doing the like, to feel, oh, how do you think? How does? He, how do you think it looks on the camera? She goes, oh, he looks tired. That's always. He's always tired. That's that's her that that's her perception of me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I'm telling man, it's not easy, you know. Like, it's as simple as that. From the music to a million other things in my life, it's not easy. Listen to Alfie, take it in, and understand. And I, I don't like to talk too candidly about certain things, but as I said from day one, for those who get it, if you don't get it, then it's because you don't get it. Do you see what I'm saying? And that's that's just that. I can't tell you much more. I'm not. I'm not here to boast or try and be like you know, like captain whatever just know that just knowing it you already know like and if you don't then cool it doesn't matter it's cool when you say um see there's so many quotes when i should have written that the whole thing of like love you know as they say you hope you, you know possibly find a love and a lover um and you talk about you know you know what i'm yeah. talking about is that not the portion of life that Offsets and creates the balance. Those are those are the they're, they're the best things. Do you understand what I'm saying? The the material stuff. We know that doesn't mean anything. Like my I like my relationship with money and materialism and all that stuff is so pure and sincere. It's the most beautiful thing because we an, understand each other. <laughs> we understand. No, no, no. You know that's how poetic. No, no. Because this is. It. I said to someone. I said to someone. Do you know how? Do you know how deep you have to be to be this shallow when I rap like that? When you do hashtag, I'm balling and all this stuff. You have to understand that the money is valueless. Papers valueless. Cars. All of this stuff. They're just nothing. They mean nothing. We know this. I know this. And if you don't, then understand it from now. Do you see what I'm saying? But. In the world we live in, other people give them significance. We can give them significance for that time being. But as long as you just deep down somewhere know that this doesn't matter, these other things matter, your family, your friends, love, human emotion, all the rest of it, these are the most important things in life. These are the things you can't buy and not to sound cliche and all the rest of it. But they're the things that are going to keep you sane. This part of it, they're just things, but then in there in the middle is that financial freedom part that you're looking for. That part where you can do essentially anything you want because of within the rules of the game that we've been placed in. So here's life. It would be lovely if you could walk to the beach, which is all the way in Dubai, <laughs> but you can't. You need a plane. To get on the plane, it's going to cost you this much money. To feel that feeling that you need to feel over there, you have to do something, get this ticket, money, all the rest of it, and then you can feel it. I understand that. I understand the rules. All I understand is that the paper part of it, the ticket, the plane, doesn't mean nothing. That part, being there, is the bit that means something. So if I have to do what I have to do to get there and feel like I worship money to feel that financial freedom for the sake of the game and so be it but I know that that's where it's not really where it's at there's nothing there for me do you see what I'm saying but I guess like with that being said it's like you actually know that because you've actually seen the money and, if and then, had, so some people aspire to have this is it and then got there. this is it and, I know, and then it's 
you know, there was that quote, I can't remember, I think it was Layer Cake, I think something about from a, seeing things from a rarefied atmosphere. It's easy for me to talk if I've had fun and enjoyed things and understand that they're all temporary. Of course it is. I understand that my car used to give me the most joy in the world. Now I think it's a piece of shit. Do you understand what I'm saying? I understand, I've seen it happen. And it's hard to tell someone who hasn't seen it happen or felt that, that it's rubbish. But I'm just telling you from my experience, because nobody told me. Right. It's as simple as that. Nobody told me. I had to learn it for myself. So I can tell people now. And I'm not saying that. I still love all those things. I still love my chain, still love my watch. Look, it's here, it's on. <laughs> but my watch doesn't do anything. Apart from time. Yeah, that's it. But if somebody else is going to treat me differently or see me as a... As a Oh, oh yes sir yes sir if I'm going to walk into a certain shop and they see my watch and then now they're going to not look at me funny and so be it this is the world we live in I'll play the game however you want to play it I don't make the rules cool whatever do you know what's interesting Swana said to me one time he said the, the, the data on a rollie and he'll say yeah. that he said you know what I realised at a point that whoever's impressed with a watch like that isn't someone that I want to impress because the person who really has it it means nothing to them yeah do you know what I mean so it's like to, 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 and, I, and I, I understand that point but I'm still a human being the same way everyone else is so when they look at my watch and feel the way I look at mine and I'm going to take you more seriously it's just the way it is just the way we've been programmed it is what it is it's hard to change it you've said it, isn't it? you're saying I'm serious about life in some way shape or form I've done something I've achieved something we can have conversation to achieve more. Sometimes it's all that watch says. And if that's the case, then whatever, isn't it? I think sometimes it's seen in some circles as it's the bare minimum, but it's a statement of intent. Yeah. Being, like a, being a black man for the point and having poison, they say, oh, so where did you go to school? Oh. Then they will say, oh. Exactly. It's the same thing. So if people talk about rich people that don't look like they're rich, but we know they're rich. They don't need to look like they're rich anymore. Do you understand what I'm saying? No, stop telling me about, but this person doesn't wear a... Steve Jobs only wore the same... He wore the same thing every day. Simon Cowell wears a white T-shirt and jeans every day. Cool. We know he's rich. We already know whatever conversation we're trying to have with him is going to be to gain more. But down here, if we don't look like we're worth something, they're already, we're already starting on minus. This only takes us to zero. That's kind of, not scary, but that's kind of, that's societal, but that's... Yeah. So it's just trying to get to an equal plane. Yeah, then you got niggas overdoing it, looking like a bag of shit, like, <laughs> covered in, in, <laughs> in Louis, head to toe, literally looking like a chessboard, like a maniac, just to overcompensate. Just for that. Then you just got crazy people that just do it for girls and that, like, that's your own business if that's what you like that's what you like you know what I mean like, well, whatever you're doing it for just I, I like it I think it's I like the watch it's nice it makes me feel good it makes me feel nice it reminds me of things I've achieved things like that and um, and if the other benefits of it are just other benefits of it and that's it What's, what do you reckon being your your best investment and your let's say the most tax investment um, my daughter that's it that's the hardest thing I've ever had to do is be a dad I think that's when you realise you looked at how much you're spending on music and looking at that to yeah. how it, how much you'd be spending on her, you know, her schooling. That's it, and it's a twenty-four. It's a just, it's hard, man. 
to do it properly is hard. Well, I see a lot of people, their dads, their fathers, all the rest of it, but to do it properly is hard, and I can't even say that I do it 100% properly, as I say, I only try. So then when you look at now, um, everyone's now, like you're saying, you just came from the moment you were nominated, um, and I know as soon as Alfie drops, everyone puts their own, what's next, what's next? Mm-hmm. Sometimes even before you even consider what is next. Mm-hmm. So where are you at currently with yourself as an artist and somewhat the direction you were looking at going into? I, I have no idea, to be honest. To, to be honest with you, I can't say I know. And I think it's a good thing because it will come more naturally. I've, I've had to write a couple of verses for things. They felt a bit forced. I felt like I was just rapping for the sake of it. So sometimes you just have to chill, live your life and have some stuff to stay. I think hearing people, I hate rapping arsenic because of that. I hate men that just rap about, even if it's just about their whole thing is about rapping about other rappers or just rapping for the sake of rhyming. I don't care about all of that. Do you see what I'm saying? I think there has to be that personal aspect of it, like talk about yourself and for me anyway. So for me, I want to live my life discover my new self because we change as time yeah. goes time goes on. And um talk about that and see see where we go from there. I mean, take me back on the actual EP. Yeah. Um you know there's so many there's so many great songs in there on on the EP. But it, it was of that it was of innocence. Mm-hmm. You know um when you listen to that with the knowledge you have, are you still innocent to the world or are you, like you in some portions you said before, you kind of understand exactly what this maze is and, and, and it's just going to be that. Because Take Me Back was almost like, you know, like, this is innocence, you're recounting that. But then now as you're a grown man, you've seen things, does it feel like, a bit like The Matrix? Um, no, it's definitely just really complicated and you will never understand it and you can only understand it at points of times for certain situations you'll never be clear 100% as to what's really going on and I just liked the fact that when I was younger it just didn't matter and we're going to go full circle because hopefully I make it to being an old man and when I'm an old man it's not going to matter again and that's it they're they're the best bits do you see what I'm saying this bit's fun and all that this middle bit but it's crazy like trying to just you just it's just basically you're surviving really and truly because otherwise the world will sort of you hope what and this is not advice but what um, okay I, I'll give you an example and this is just the benefit of people watching um, a couple of contracts were put my way right mm-hmm. I looked at it and the first thing that my mum's a solicitor so the first thing she always told me that there's always things in there that is put there because only a lawyer will spot it supposed to take it out that's the game I saw that take it out make an amend put that in you know we'll meet in the middle and I looked at the contracts and I was like a lot of the contracts I feel are put in front of those who don't have access to a good lawyer or just haven't even read a book seems to be really um, tense do you know what I mean it will, it will leave you with nothing even though they're not giving you everything how have you managed to like navigate what may be seen as a the trappings of being in the music business? Um, I just did it myself. I read every book under the sun and basically edited my contracts myself, to be honest with you, really? to make it as fair as was possible 
in certain situations you're always going to be the small fish you just have to accept that and it's just life and then you get to do it to someone else that's why people do it and I have to accept that at one point I'm going to be a bastard in it it's like animal farm isn't it yeah I understand that I'm cool with that it happened to me so it's going to happen to you simple as that I ain't Jesus <laughs> it's true and I'm saying I'm saying my contracts are fair I'm cool I'm happy with mine do you know what I'm saying and that's business business is I can see money in your pocket let's play a game and let me work out how to get it from your pocket to my pocket without just stealing it that's what business is that's, what that's it, it. The whole, I'm watching TV every advert everyone's trying to steal money out my pocket that's all they're trying to do is get me to spend money. It's just a game of it going round in a circle. Their money always moves the cycle. Yeah. So you've given the money to them and someone else is trying to convince them of ways to get that money to them and so on and so forth. That's what we're doing. Then they say the best kind of business is when both people win. But they all win to different degrees. Of course. And it's by definition, it's impossible. How does that even make sense? Someone always feels, oh, as long as you feel like you won. <laughs> Cool. Everyone, you feel like, cool, you're happy? Because you've never seen 10 grand before. So you want 10 grand for your publisher. If you're happy, I'm happy to give you 10 grand. When you've seen 10 grand before now, you know you can get a one You get a one you're happy. He's still laughing because he's still maybe willing to give you more. So you feel like you've won. He feels like he's won. So let's call everyone's happy. Go about their business. But no one's ever going to really win. Someone has to lose. So as much as the contracts are cool and that, I feel like I've, I feel like, yeah, I've done all right, fucking hell, look how I came out. Ooh, look at me, I read it myself, did it myself, me and the lawyer, we're going back and forth. Like my own lawyer, like, you know, like I'm even asking Master, whoever knows, like me, the way I knew my stuff. But at the end of the day, the other end also feel the same, otherwise he wouldn't agree. It's like the game's theory, like there is gonna be, there is a loser. Always a loser. Um, and I think the thing he said also about like I, I've known I've known of people who sold their publishing for like five grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's loads. Well, why? I mean five grand can never be enough for your what's seen as your future earnings. It doesn't even situate you. hundred percent, but if you haven't seen five hundred pounds, five grand is a lot of money. Yeah. I respect it, I resist that's what you have that's what you have to do, that's your business. You know what it is, and also it comes down to like, the type of life you want to live because, it, like you say, it's going to come to a point where if someone says, okay, look, you say, okay, look, for where you are, we're going to have to build you, we're going to give you two and a half grand. Yeah. The person says yes, and they're cool with it. You can't feel bad about it. No, that's it. I watch them. What's that? I, I watch the chase. And on the chase, you answer questions, and then they give you. So you have, like, say you answer nine questions, you've got nine grand, you stay in the middle, then the chaser offers you a lower sum might be 900 pounds and a higher sum which is like 40 odd 40 grand or 30 grand. I'm like well listen I'm going for the big dough all the time <laughs> there's no point in coming for in my head it's like what am I going to do with the 9 grand do what and I'm definitely taking the 900 now you're talking 40 let's do this people come there and go back with the 900 because they're like wow 900 pounds all at once that's a lot to them. I respect it. Cool. So you, they feel happy. I'm happy that you feel happy with that. Do you understand what I'm saying? For me, deal or no deal. 
open everything. Let me just see what I got here. Whatever we got, we're going home with. I don't care. I'm not trying to. Ah, uh, you don't. You don't know what's in there. Mm-hmm. It's everybody go pop. Cool. In my one, I've got this. Cool. I go home. But that, and I think this also comes back to you as a child mm. wanting more. Yeah, and, and I'm and I'm not a gambler and all that. So I'm not. I'm not a gambler. I'm not. It's, this isn't like this is just calculated risk, let's say. And then in, in, in certain games like the deal or no deals. You can try and play the game and all that stuff, but you can't really do calculated risk in those things because it's pretty much evens everywhere. You don't know what's where. So, what can I do? And then for me, my saying to myself, raw, (coughs) dealer deals, sometimes people deal with like six bags and all of this stuff, and I'm like, bro, like, I'd rather, six bags or zero is the same at certain levels, do you know what I'm saying, for certain people. And for other people, the difference between zero and six bags is like a million pounds. And that's just life. And that's why they will do their publishing for five grand. And it's cool. Whoever wants to do their publishing for five grand, come to me, I'll buy that. (laughs) That's that's, that's how I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it at the other end. I'll take that. I'll take it. Now, you don't have to answer this, but... The aspiring artists, because I think you would have seen, you know, the scaling of certain deals from, you know, if you sold this amount, if you're starting up. And you don't have to answer this question, but what are the types of deals that you think someone should look at? So whether they just, whether you say, okay, well, if you're going to do publishing, you may be looking at, you should maybe consider maybe like 10 to 20, and maybe including that unlimited expenses, um, or, you know, because I think what has happened with the scene is that People like yourself, who have made wiser choices than others. Mm. When you said before about sometimes people may feel away because you, you're, you're in a good space, it's because they're not they haven't made the best choices in life. You know when you meet a girl and mm-hmm. she's just made bad choices, so she hates you, mm. and you'd be like, "But I didn't make you make those choices." What type of deals do you reckon people should be looking at? Because I remember back in the days, Channel you, everyone had to kind of like almost sign off their publishing to an extent. <laughs> like I remember the actual there was a. Um, a processing fee, mm-hmm. and then there was almost like a waiver that we have the rights to. Is it make the ringtones or? It would be yeah, basically, and to play the videos without basically paying like v- PPL, VPL, which is basically signing away your human rights. <laughs> and no, I mean no, but a waiver is like what you already had. Well, that's what could... I'm saying. At that time, there we were all willing to do that. Mm-hmm. Certain men weren't. Look, I think, I can't remember who, I have a feeling that Kano was one of them who was like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. Yeah. But we were, I was willing to do that, whatever, man, play the video, man. That's what we <laughs> care about. So that's what I'm saying. And then at this point, if someone says that to me, I'm like, are you crazy? Give my money. But at that time, cool, that's what I'm saying. So when you get like the 20-year-old, whatever, who's there, and then of course he's going to do his publisher for five grand. At that point, I'd be like, oh, for five bucks. Maybe not, nah, no, I'm not, no, maybe not the five bucks, but we definitely didn't care about the little change we were going to get from playing the video and all the rest. But bigger artists, it meant more to. So they were like, no, fuck that. And they didn't have to sign those things. Only us at the bottom. Yeah. Um, kind of rounding up. So you have Fresh Entertainment, mm. which is your own thing. Um, what is your situation now? Because obviously, managed by the Stead in London, are you still with the mage? Like, what's your situation? Because it seems like yeah, yeah, everything's still the same. Like, it's all still the same. Nothing's changed. Why are you, but then, 
but again, this whole freedom to kind of like do as you want. Yeah, it seems not a lot of people really have that. It's got. I, I mean, more people do in this day and age because of the the way that just the music business is. And as I was saying to you, before I was, so it was what I was going to say. What I was going to say was that um, contracts or contracts like they're malleable and fluid things. They're made to be tailored to individuals specifically. So they 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 fit the the wearer snugly so for me my my situation allows me to do certain things because as i came into the situation i made me i had already i was already every person in the chain to to get there in the first place so it kind of made sense to say well you know how to do you best so just carry on and when the situation comes like as i say i've never made like a commercial attempt to do something when that time comes then we'll see how it goes like whether these machines if we need it's all like I'm in control of my destiny do you see what I'm saying let's just put it like that and, and, and lastly Alfie's done well and I remember we were on the phone and we were, you were talking and you are like oh, I'm not going to say that I want to do it for free and then it was like then everything seemed to like and then two weeks later you're like yeah actually no I'm selling it yeah and then we did the you did the listening session, and I think the listening session was a stroke of genius, you know, because it was it was it was stripped back in a sense, and it mm-hmm. brought everyone to actually fully understand who you are, and 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 you know this there was that point where you were talking, and you had a moment where you didn't break down, but you had a pause, a, a real yeah, yeah, I thought I was gonna cry or something, and I cried, it's, I don't even remember the last time I cried to be That's how people think it's Superman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. I mean, what, what, I mean, what brought that about? Because it was just very real. Like this is what I'm saying. It's like it seemed like it caught you off guard. Like you didn't anticipate. I didn't even know how much. You know, sometimes when you just start saying the words that you've written down, and you go, "Wow!" Like it's more. You could write an essay on one line. That's how. All I'm trying to do is make it concise to fit into the three and a half minutes for the sake of the user's attention span. But in every single one of those lines, it's for, let's just take for example, we were talking on that at that moment. I was talking about close my eyes, and if you take um, I haven't seen my sister smile in a while, but this morning I woke up in some girl's house. That's exactly like in that one line is me trying to demonstrate how I don't have that balance, and I'm finding. And placing importance in the wrong places and on the wrong things. And I know that this is way more important. But then being a man in this is like, but I'm here with some girl, like, instead of, do you understand what I'm saying? Instead of just chilling at my sister's, giving her quality time and advice on life and things like that, and being the older brother that I didn't have. And she would tell you, I'm a great big brother but I could be a better one to all of them and especially her because she's the youngest and the gap's so much so much bigger so in that one line I could literally write a whole as I say a whole essay on that and then so when I started thinking about it and I'm saying it and I'm trying to explain it it's like raw this is deep even when I talk about 
um, Temma School is for my baby mama, which I, I refer to as the mother of my child. But yeah, Temma School is for my baby mama. Um, saying that I miss my daughter's parents even at night. This is true. That hurt me, like, to miss that. Do you see what I'm saying? And I felt like a, a waste man. And I felt like a waste man even more because of what I was doing that resulted in me missing that. Do you see what I'm saying? And those things there, like, of course, they're going to take their toll. Like, I'm a, I'm a human being. Like, and that's, that's what I wanted to demonstrate. I wanted to demonstrate it's not just this chick's cars, all the rest of it, and even to get to that space, it takes a hell of a lot. The money don't fall out of the sky, believe that, like, simple as that, it does not. And also, when you talk about sometimes... And, and furthermore, you know, like, the money, the money, it's like, the money is that, this is just music, it's entertainment, this shit, it does not define me, it's not even, I would love to be a millionaire and let them be the case that I was just rapping about, being a millionaire, just for fun. I would love to be like Dan Bilzerian, where you're just Instagramming to piss niggas off. Like, <laughs> if that was the case, cool. But I'm not. I'm not. Simple as. We're from the same culture. Um, but you've grown up and you have gone to school with progressive people. Mm. And I remember one time, I think a couple of interviews ago, that we spoke and I said... Like, do you ever feel like Limited is being seen as a rapper? And when I was referencing that, it was more so for the fact that your peers, and you're referencing it before some of your lyrics, in their careers, they're making that sustainable income mm-hmm. with less, let's say, it's sustainable and they're doing well in their <laughs> thing. It's just a consistency with work for me. Yeah. yeah. How, how, how does it, I mean, because like you said before, like you know, you're doing well, but then, how do you know whether? And you may not ever know this, but how do you know whether you think I should have stayed with them man's right? Because I I had more intellect than them. They're um, still living almost maybe a similar lifestyle. Yeah, it it. First of all, it's like doing well is like I'm doing okay, do you know what I'm saying? And we're just here, as I say, we're just here just getting like just getting through this this thing called life, do you see what I'm saying? It's not like it's not as I say, it's not all roses. And then I was um I was in Canary Wharf the other day and even I went to meet my friend at um JP Morgan yeah, and it was just like I looked around and I thought to myself, oh wow, this is, this is the real world. Like, it made, it made me feel like everything we do in music was insignificant. And I looked around and I saw the older guys in the office and I'm listening and thinking, damn, how much money is that guy worth? And I wonder how much he's gone through today or or like invested or made or all the rest of it. And then all these thoughts are going through my head. And then I was like, this is like the heart and the backbone of the world. Like being London as one of the financial capitals of the world. But it is, isn't it? Yeah. And um, and I'm like going to myself, like, why, what have I done? Like, doing music, what have I really done? And then I say to myself, what would the world be without finance? And what would the world be without music? Do you see what I'm saying? And to be honest with you, we're as significant 
as each other in just different ways completely. Do you see what I'm saying? And, and their industry or the whole market, it's just all bullshit as well. Do you understand what I'm saying? Everything, like everything, everything in the in the world is like this is a made up ecosystem just to make everything move. move. And it's just that's just life. So we can't. I I was there. Then I thought to myself, yeah, no. Nah, do you know what? I'm at the mobiles there, and, and and it was like a whole different feeling again. It was like being in Canary Wolf again, maybe of that, but of of our industry again. Oh wow, this is this is Wembley, like, and this is really Crips and Conan on the stage. Do you understand what I'm saying? And and. It just gave, it just made me like I I can't say I don't know what which one is the right or wrong decision. Either way, you'd probably even out if you make it in music. It's gonna pay off hopefully. I don't know if you'll make as much money. Hopefully you will. Sometimes you make more. Then sometimes you don't make any money for a long time and then divide it up. It becomes an average wage or <laughs> the same as I, I don't know I mean then it's like it's not about the money it's about like life and enjoyment and I'm seeing them and in uh, in Canary Wharf still there 8, 9, 10 o'clock 11 o'clock they've been there since 6 in the morning they're just going to go sleep and then there's the fact that it's kind of just fun to be a rapper and make music then you can't even quantify or compare the two different stress levels and ups and downs and emotional topsy-turvy that you go through you'd never know the only time the only way I would know is to be able to live both lives and compare and I'm not going to get to so this no, is I guess maybe not but you know I mean I think with I mean I, 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 I doubt I think you could I do a music business I think if you weren't so gifted and if, if you weren't such a special talent, which is, I always go on paper saying that every conversation yeah. I have, if you weren't limitless in what you can do musically, I could just see just like... <laughs> oh, it would be an easy decision, definitely. Because yeah, it's like, sometimes, like, and, and, and this is what someone was saying, I can't remember where I was listening, listening to this, but they said, your genius or quote-unquote, your magic, whatever people want to call it, you know, when you just allow it to come to you, like when people hear your rhymes, there are... Like, oh my, how did you do that? Mm. You're special, like, do you know what I mean? But it's just when you allow things to come to you and then you bring it out and you let people hear it. Mm. And sometimes, like, your bars, are, you know, I remember talking about the Don't Waste, the, Don't Waste uh, My Time remix. Mm. And I was saying, like, gee, you know, you said that line about cricket, wicket, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then who do you know? I like, I hate cricket. <laughs> like, but he didn't even he doesn't, it's not like he has a passion for cricket but some man said that I'm wicked something yeah. like that and you dumbfound people a lot that's the thing yeah. you dumbfound them to the point like, like nah how did, how, did, how, did, how did he do that yeah, yeah, yeah have you I mean do you shock yourself lyrically with some of the things you come out with oh when I listen back was, but even when I write it when I write it if I'm entertained by it then I go yeah that's good like if I go, oh, that was good. Man. <laughs> that was real as well, man. You good, man? <laughs> then I'm like, yeah, okay, they're gonna like it. But sometimes they don't. Sometimes they don't care. And I feel this is another thing. I think there's a bit of like a paradigm shift at the moment as well, which is natural and has to happen. Mm-hmm. That I think we're back in that space. There was a time when punchlines didn't matter. 
then they came into fashion and it was like about oh, how what kind of crazy ill shit can you say and I feel like we're going back into the space where it doesn't matter really yeah I really feel like that I really feel like well what because it's been it's because that's what's been seen as the commodity for the last yeah, it's like there was a time like you know, like when they say the me, the wretches, the Captain Conans, at a time where it's like these freestyles were really about hitting them. Like, do you show what I'm saying? And then now, it's not. It's not. They're, that's not. They're not the ones that win anymore. Or not even. Maybe they weren't even the ones that won then. They just worked for us. Do you show what I'm saying? But it's what I'm saying. When it comes, I think. When it comes from you, and when it comes from certain people, mm. it's that. But if you, if people are used to crackers, you start to give them prawns, and they should only have crackers. Mm. You know, they start thinking, actually, it's that. And then they get bored of it. But actually, no, let's go back to the old thing. But I think what you have done, and and, and this is the thing that secretly was always my thought, like, which I thought may um, hinder you to think. Well, when G does the freestyles out the park, yeah, but can he merge that? in a song format yeah and I was speaking to Rich he was like yeah obviously man no everyone will always talk about a verse or a freestyle but it's that song thing that you need or da 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 and then even like talking to Kurt Conan they're like yeah I'm, we did all this punchline rapping and the biggest tune that we've had don't waste my time ain't got no freaking punchlines in it basically do you understand <laughs> and then even for me one of the most popular songs on Alfie is Sometimes there's punchlines in there, but the format and the melodic and very, it's, the flow's easy, it's very easy and, and like, I've always, re I've read a million books on the human psyche and even why we have three and a half minute songs and verses and choruses and attention span and all the rest of it. And let's be honest, the fact that most people prefer dumbed down music, it's just that for me, I just want to give people the benefit of the doubt that we can do something better than that. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. That's all. That, that's all it is. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, like when I shot the Right This Time video, like, I'm upset. Like, I'm looking at it. Like, like we shot a video made from pictures. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, respect it. This is madness. Like, what we've just done. Just sinking that, sitting up for hours. And then you put it out and it gets some mediocre views and then you go oh like it's maybe it was just maybe we just have to do it for someone else to jack it and mm -hmm. do something great with it and then there's going to be that one cool person that goes oh but G Fresh did it first that's that thing where it's almost like the uh, the, <laughs> the people who set things up they're not always appreciated like even African yeah. artists the people who set up hip hop they're the ones sometimes in the future that just seen that oh oh yeah but you weren't as impactful this other person comes and I think that's where it comes down to um, being creators <clears throat> and almost you do something someone else sees it and I say okay cool that's, just, that's what that's what, but that's what this other person's going to come and do that's what you're supposed to do but you do it <clears throat> and, I probably, and I probably and I didn't do it first I didn't do it first I was just probably like the first to do it within this space do you see what I'm saying it doesn't like no one's special like it's just if it happens it happens if it doesn't you know the ones that we tried and, and, and this will be the last question because I know we're short of time 
And again, it's up to you if you want to speak on it. I'm going to try and see if I can get an exclusive. When I say exclusive, it'll just be like, is there a song or a verse that you're... Because usually I say deeper song. But is there a song or a verse that you, that you haven't been released that you're proud of, that you can explain or quote? And the reason why I'm saying that is because you've written so many verses mm. that it's almost like, all right, call GFS, tell us about Take Me Back or Take Me Back. Sometimes it's like, it's mm. there. Like, I mm. think Alfie's been quite clear-cut for people they can get, mm. but is there any song unreleased, because I know you write all the time, that you can conceptually explain to us that may, I know you haven't decided where you're going to go musically in the future, but it may give an insight to some of the things that we haven't heard from you. They'll come, I don't, I mean, there's things that I'm doing maybe, whoa, <laughs> maybe not necessarily for myself and more for like writing for other people and stuff possibly, but from me, I feel like sometimes I feel like I've given them everything and I feel like what is to come is going to be like a newer, not a newer me, maybe a different view of myself or or just more in depth of where we've already been or it's gonna be fun and we're still gonna do like as I said like this is this all me like Lego Man is me, Alfie's me, Mr. Big Willy Fly shit, everything, <laughs> like all of it is just who I am. Like if if there's anything you probably take from this interview is that like I'm probably quite complicated like when girls ask me sometimes well, you know, I'm, like, I'm complicated but quite simple it's like I understand it from the outside perspective some people think I'm an alien or a weirdo like I'm just mad like <laughs> it doesn't like things I'm saying like can make the most sense to some people and to other people they think what is wrong with this guy like what what makes him tick you see what I'm saying but yeah, like, they're all parts of me. You're going to get everything, to be honest. Like, all of it. Like, I've got ignorant shit. I'm still... Still days I'm like, who the fuck? You ain't even fuck that. I'll be like, fuck that nigga. Like, there's... There's, 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 there's still that in me. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's still going to happen. Like, there's still... They call me Flesh Gordon because I'm a flesh bastard. Uh-huh. And there's still going to be take me backs and sometimes and hardest parts of falling high because these are I'm a human being and I feel all these different emotions and it's going to have to come out somehow that's a good segue so hardest part if mm. that was the hardest part 2.0 where, where, where are the characters at it, it wasn't in the hardest part because it gets to a point where oh yeah you know there's obviously because it's, it's almost when I first heard it I like, this is an amazing story but this is a real story yeah. what happened next <laughs> <Do you know>? <laughs> <laughs> I mean I, I, I extend to you. we're friends we're just friends, like good friends. Like, how do you? Th- I, mean, I mean, how do you? Because th- that was almost heart and sleep. Yeah, she knows it's about her. Yeah. yeah. How do you then? Say, and this is where the alien thing comes into it. How do you be like, okay, we're just gonna be friends? Yeah, because I'm I'm a master of my emotions, like, and that's why I I I've never read the Forty Eight Laws of Power back to front. I just read the laws and went, I'm cool, this is me already, no one needs to teach me nothing, like, do you see what I'm saying? And before you even get into it, it says you have to be a master of your emotions, and um, that's me. Alright, that stop. So, G Fresh, do you know what, we'll leave it there, but much appreciated for your time. Thank you, bro.